0: You are listening to a new episode of Beyond the Curtain Podcast, presented by the Outlaw Wrestling Network.
1: Well, howdy ho there, motherfuckers. It's James Beatley. I hope you're enjoying. The content on the Beyond the Curtain podcast, and as a member of the Outlaw Wrestling Network, I'd like to just take a moment and plug my podcast, the Taken the Bump podcast. Um, It is a weekly podcast. I try to at least put out one episode a week, um, going through the hottest topics and. Professional wrestling. Um, I tend to focus more on impact wrestling and all elite wrestling, um, but I will span the entire uh, profession, the entire genre of professional wrestling. Um, for more info and to listen to all previous episodes, follow me on Twitter at B Podcast and follow me on Facebook, Taking the Bump Podcast. Um, y'all can message me, y'all can comment, uh, get in touch with me, ask me questions if y'all want to partner up in any way, um, be a guest on the show. I'll gladly take all questions and comments, uh, send them to me on either of my social medias. It's James Beatley, host of the Take Into Bump podcast, and now back to your regularly scheduled
0: content. Yeah. Buddy. Have y'all have y'all missed have y'all missed me? Because I have missed each and every single one of you. But we're here. We're here. We're, we're ready to attack the naysayers. We're ready to explode with Great content that'll lead us to nowhere, but that's all right. We're here, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a brand spanking new edition of Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Dinamon Donovan Douglas, Triple D, just kidding. That's what they call me on the streets of nowhere. Of course, my name is Cody. I am the host of this wonderful podcast that is only going to have 12 episodes a year. Uh, at this rate, we're going to have at least probably 10 if I keep up with the way we've done. But that's all right. You know, sometimes you just get busy and then some days you just don't like really doing anything. And then there's just some days where you're like, I don't know what to talk about. So then you just like you have to get this one thing to pop up to really spark the... Uh, initiative to do it and boy oh boy do we have an episode lined up for you tonight it's a review of the latest edition of aew dynamite that took place february the 19th 2020 joining me on this wonderful episode we have got as usual whenever we do have a podcast the host of taking the bump podcast i'm talking about the one the only jimmy jam james beatley Sir, how in the hell are you doing?
1: I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. That was uh, an exhilarating last couple, last hour. My heart rate's finally coming back to to normal. What a what a what an episode that we'll break down for your fans tonight.
0: My gosh, I. For the longest time, thought every week Dynamite happened. That it was the best episode they've had. The best episode they've had. The best episode they've had. I didn't think that they re- regressed, but not every episode is going to be perfect. Some episodes were definitely better than others in the past few weeks. I thought they've been very all been very solid. Uh, and then tonight happened, and this is definitely got to be the best Dynamite ever. Uh, man, I I. I no, they can't be perfect every week, and they can't do this every single week as far as, you know, just sometimes it's just perfect storm, the perfect combination of everything, putting it together at once. But, man, this is what drew people to AEW in the first place, was the performers, the talent, the roster that they have, the kind of wrestling we know that they can do, the kind of storytelling, the kind of pro- programming we knew they could do. And tonight was one of those nights where you're like, man, I tell you if they do this every single night how can this not be the best wrestling in the world? And it's crazy as it was on free television essentially and a lot you know we have to look forward to 10 days from now for AEW Revolution their next pay-per-view on the 29th Saturday as something that honestly you're going to look at it and kind of compare dynamite to this show. Or excuse me, compare yeah, compare Revolution to this Dynamite show because of how amazing this whole show was, top to bottom. The two hours flew by. I wanted more. That's not a sign for AEW to go to three hours, but it left me wanting more. So, where where in the where where do you begin? Top to bottom, this was honestly the best show I have seen in a long time. Not counting pay per views because pay per views are its own thing. I feel like. But as far as an actual, you know, weekly show, this has got to be right on top of there as one of the best uh, wrestling shows I've seen in a long time. What about you?
1: Yeah, um, I would agree. Uh, And going on what you were saying about Dynamite, I also agree it seems like you take a look at from October of last year when they were just getting started and you show them like this, what, this five, six month, just progression. You can see the guys and girls on the roster that maybe didn't have as much experience doing live TV taping and the promo and the, and the entire working that goes along with that production wise. They're now getting comfortable. And so you see this progression and every single week, it seems like the show in and of itself is just, you rank last week's episode so high and this week's episode is somehow beats it. And that is the cool thing about AEW is you don't sit there and go like, Last week's episode was good. This week, you know, left me dry. Like other companies won't spell their name out, don't want to get in any debate. They've kind of, you know, they've had, they get one or two good episodes in a row and then they kind of stall out. And with AEW, it hasn't, I haven't hit that point where I'm like, oh man, it's, you know, what's the point of that? Not saying everything was, has been perfect, there's been some errors, which Every company is going to have, especially within its first six months of its existence. But this show, top to bottom, it doesn't matter which company, um, WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, or even any of the indie shows that I've gone to, has to be the best show that I've seen in a long time from top to bottom. The card was was really pay-per-view quality. And uh, we they gave it to us, which I mean, you can kind of say that about every AEW uh dynamite card, it's pay per view quality matches. So that's what it keeps the fans invested in the show, and they're keeping storylines going. So they're doing really good with with that,
0: absolutely. And and uh, they continue to deliver that you know, like I said, pay per view quality card each and every week um next week will be the go home show to revolution this will be the second time aew has had its weekly show um leading into a pay-per-view of course the the last time they had one was november the 6th a show that was in charlotte that we went to and it was the go home show for full gear and it was it was an awesome show as well and AW is definitely something that is, is awesome to, to experience live as well. So we'll see what next week holds. We already know that there's a 30-minute Man match, the rubber match between Pac and Kenny Omega. That promises to be a show stealer in and of itself. So let's not get too far ahead of ourselves for next week. Let's talk about tonight and this week. But right before we do, before we get into that, we gotta address the uh the little the little video. Yes. The little video that was posted by our wonderful friend Randall Beatley host of unhinged wrestling podcast he released a video a couple of days ago basically saying that we are uh, let's see November december January three months four months excuse me into the Wednesday night wars between NXT and WWE. uh, Why? I'm sorry. My brain scattered at ten o'clock, whatever. This is how long I've not done the podcast when you mess up already between the Wednesday night wars of AEW and NXT. Randall kind of is the NXT fan. I guess if you want to say that, we cover AEW. So we kind of have our separate lines there. Um, and that's not that I have anything against NXT. I just prefer to watch AEW every Wednesday. I could watch NXT if I want to. I just choose not to. However, I'm going to catch up on TakeOver Portland um, either tomorrow or Friday. Of course, you know, we always know how good TakeOvers are. So I um, want to see it. want to see how good the matches are. Of course, everybody gave, is giving me a rave reviews. We always know NXT can produce awesome pay-per-views and awesome shows, so. Gonna check that out. Like I said, not a bashing NXT. I just want AEW. It's a new product. I love it. It is what it is. Anyways, we threw out the challenge, I believe, the week before AEW Dynamite premiered, or the week of it, where Sir Randall made the claim that AEW is a cash grab. In a couple years it'll be out of business, or even a year be out of business. And it be all just employed to get money, and then go to WWE for most of these guys. Well, I, along with James Bay, to differ. It's here to stay. It's here for longevity. It's here to give the wrestling fans the wrestling we want and deserve. And they have lived up to that promise, I believe, not only in their first year, but in the first four months of Dynamite. So, randomly, right the, the or, uh, we have always tried to get him to debate his favorite persona in the wrestling business. One Vince Russo. The second must be Disco Inferno because some of the things he says, he quotes Disco Inferno and it's honestly the most funniest things that he takes Disco Inferno so seriously. A guy who's never held a world championship in a major promotion um, and is not a very great technical wrestler and he's taking his words like gospel. It's so funny to me. Anyways, the whole story is we have been wanting to debate about Vince Russo because, well, I hate Vince Russo. He loves Vince Russo. Something to debate. Just his, his overall, uh, uh time in wrestling and why I don't like him, why he does like him. Bad ideas. Good ideas. Just, we all know about this. Well, Randall has said, Okay, I'll debate you because I feel like an AEW is a cash grab, and I said no, it's not. I said I'll give you the challenge. If two members of the elite say the whole roster, I said the elite meaning Omega, Pack, excuse me, Omega, the Bucks, Cody, Hangman, I even throw Brandy in there. Any one of two members of the elite left WWE for WWE or NXT that I either would pay him. I know I said a money, but I don't remember how much. Or if not, he would debate Vince Russo. Well, he made the statement four months into the Wednesday Night Awards saying that he's already quit. It's not going to happen. And if we do the debate, we have to meet his demands, meaning that we need to have a non-biased moderator because I'm too emotionally invested into it. And apparently James is too, even though I believe we said that James was going to be the moderator. But whatever. You need to have a non-biased person to moderate the debate, Randall has to see the questions to show that they're non-biased so it's not a gang warfare mentality, and then he'll do debating. I don't get to see the questions. I don't get to know the questions, but Randall gets to see them, so that way they're non-biased. It honestly sounds like something Democrats would say, but we're not going to get into that. Anyways, so, Randall Beatley. I don't even care if the questions were in your favor because I can easily spin around a question and flip it around and either I can answer it and then also flip it around to where it would be the ball would be in your court. I don't care if James is a moderator. I don't care if it's somebody totally other than that. I would let you pick the moderator. I've already suggested that as a rough draft, James suggests five questions and if four of those five are deemed non-biased, And I feel like that's good enough that James can be the moderator. And guess what? If you did choose him, you can still get to see the questions. He won't tell me. He won't know. I won't know anything about it. This whole thing is that I would have to come up with this on my own because I don't even know the questions. So it's giving Randall the opportunity to at least formulate his own opinions because he knows that no matter what he's going to say, I already know I'm going to have a rebuttal for it. Honestly, I don't need to see the questions anyways because there's not much to... Defend with Vince Russo. He has to see the questions so he doesn't look too bad with defending him. Whatever. So, pick your moderator. I don't care if you go on social media and ask somebody to be a moderator and send you questions. I don't care. You pick the time. You pick the place. You pick the date. As long as it's am free because, you know, we all have lives. I don't get to see the, any of the questions. You just pick the moderator. You pick the date and time. It could be your show, my show, James's show. I don't care whose show it is. You find it, let's do it. I'm ready. I've been ready for almost a year. Um, you already knew that this was a false thing because your guarantee word is, is, is bad, anyways. And I know I'm rambling here. We're going to get to AEW, and I promise, but I had to get this out of the way. Um, you know, you already know that AEW is not a cash grab. It's here for, for a while, it's here for longevity, it's here for, to suffice to the wrestling fans. And, you know, you're like an offer for your guarantees, maybe one for like 30, but anyways, in your response, you tell me time, place, state show moderator, and I'll be there. I don't care. So, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. And if James, if you want to chime in for a second, you can, but that was all I was going to say about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And this is the last thing before we get going on the show. Uh, if we can uh, go back to the tape, and uh, we did agree that I would be the moderator. That's always been the idea. But if he wants me to double team and have let me have uh, uh, a part in this debate, then I'm, I'm I'll gladly join in, and and we can do a one-on-two handicap style. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah. It's funny the way he's like, he wants to see the questions because he knows. One, there's no defending the actions of Vince Russo. There's no way you can say Vince Russo is in any way or has in any way in the history of wrestling made wrestling better. And number two, shows that he is not skilled in the art of debate because he needs to know the questions beforehand which totally in a way makes it biased towards him even if the questions were skewed AEW he has a a bias because he knows the questions but I digress let's get going on tonight's show
0: yeah I mean yeah. like I said you could have been the moderator and it doesn't matter. He's going to see the questions. I'm not going to know anything. But, hey, whatever. Either way, pick a time, place, date, person, questions, whatever. And let's get going. I'm anxious to see your response to that and to what will happen with that. On to bigger and better things. Let's talk about this hell of a show that was AEW Dynamite. Start off right off the bat. get the tag team Battle Royal. And I loved... I love the way this happened. I don't want to name all the teams. I'm not even researching and looking up on a computer all the teams and all the information that happened on do I'm going strictly off the top of my head. And If I forget something, hey, oh, well. Uh, this is a raw kind of reaction as soon as it goes off the air. So that's what you're going to get. I'm not going to name all the teams that were in there. Of course, you had your main tag teams. Young Bucks were in there. Santana and Ortiz. Best Friends were in there. Uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. TH2 was in there. The Dark Order was in there. Uh, T Hawk and Shimo was in there. Uh, Private Party. Uh, Butchering the Blade. I know I'm going to forget TH2. I think I said I- I'm going to forget somebody. But so many tag teams were in this match. I love the way they started out, though. They didn't have any of the entrances at the start of the show, they didn't do eight of them, and two got an entrance. There was nobody had an entrance. Everybody was outside the ring. As soon as that bell ring, you get inside and you fight kind of the old school mentality of that happening. So that was pretty cool. Um, a great way to kick off a lot of action, a lot of kind of craziness going on, but it it settled the tone for the night for sure. And, uh, awesome match end of the day. Uh, young bucks came out victorious and they fight the winner of a tag team title match that happens later on the show. Um, just a great way to start the show really, really fun, really, uh, kind of of crazy and all that stuff. But, uh, really fun. I thought really fun match. What'd you think about it?
1: I agree. I I loved the way that it started. So I can, maybe, maybe with the whole WWE mentality, because that's really been the the only major brand we've had on TV for the past decade now. Um, you would expect all the entrances right, and it didn't happen, and that was cool because everybody's in the ring you you go through what happened the week before or however they started the show and then straight into action and that's it's perfect and small small detail that I liked was not only did the yes the young bucks win so they get a title opportunity at uh, Revolution. But you also build for mid-card feuds. So Butcher and the Blade and Best Friends look like they're going to have some sort of feud. Um, SCU and the Dark Order having their thing. Um, it looks like Jurassic Express. Uh, can't remember who he was going up against. look Butcher and the Blade as well. Um, So, the ability to put your main card title at the top of everything, but build on other feuds is what I took out of that. And that's how you build a tag team division. You, You don't do as WWE has done for several years now, and oh yeah, we have all our tag teams in like a eight-man tag team match. But you don't build on any story; you built story in this match, and the Young Bucks were the winner. But you can see where other storylines are progressing out of this one match, and it didn't have to take three hours to build every single story. It all happened at the same time simultaneously. So, good good way to start the show. Um, And I like the result um, with the Young Bucks coming out on top.
0: Yeah, I was actually thinking that a Dark Horse tag team would win it, whether it would be the Dark Order, Jurassic Express, Private Party, Best Friends. Um, I was hoping – I was kind of hoping somebody like a Santana and Ortiz – I was kind of hoping the Young Bucks, in a way, wasn't going to win just because we all knew the kind of the cliche that was possibly going to be set up after the tag team title match tonight. But either way, fun match. Bucks win, and uh, they go on to Revolution to fight for the AEW World Tag Team Championships against a team that we will later name tonight after they participate in the tag team title match. Uh, Believe that, to the commercial break, we went to... Chris Statlander versus Shanna. Awesome to see both these girls back on television gone far too long. I think this is probably in a pure wrestling form, not a whole lot of high flying. This is probably one of the, if not the best women's match Dynamite has had. Um, Statlander is such a... Gr- she's one of those, now that Nyla's a champion, she's one of those competitors that I immediately thought this could definitely be somebody that I could legit seeing pound for pound could go up against Nyla. She's physical. She's pretty well built. She's got some stock to her. She's athletic. She does have some speed, some agility, strength. Um Her character is kind of wacky and crazy, but that's what Makes all of us Kind of really enjoy her uh, She's just different and in, in a good way And Shanna is this underdog Kind of um, underrated wrestler Very good though um, And if somebody's going to critique somebody On their uh, uh, Outfit <laughs> I think that you're nitpicking anyway Because you're a hater And you want to find every single way to hate on a company Because you can't enjoy their success <laughs> not going to point out any names, but, um, I think some people may have a guess and you may be right, but Hey, um, you know, I, I don't understand the dichotomy of listening to a never was wrestler talk about cosplaying and costumes don't make wrestling entertaining when he was called the Disco Inferno and his gimmick was on his pants, a disco ball, and dancing like the disco. And had the music featuring Disco Fever. Um, And then went to a white rapper Malibu Most Wanted gimmick. Anyways, what I'm trying to get at is Glenn Gilberty is the most irrelevant person wrestling has almost ever seen. If you listen to him in his opinion on wrestling, whatever. But anyways, hell of a match. Great match. One of the best women's matches, if not the best women's match on Dynamite. Um, this division can be revolved around Shanna and Sat Lander as long as we keep building them up, giving them these characters, giving them these storylines. Um... Uh, just an awesome match. St. Lando ends up winning, but such it was a it was a fun match. You know, it had some some a lot of physicality, a lot of cool moves, cool sets. Nothing that was too over spotty or too high spot or anything like that. It was just uh, a really really good match, and um, just really hope that these two are featured on Dynamite more often. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think think once now that we've kind of getting over the introductory phase of so kind of getting to introduce all of their women in their division it's time to start building around your top notch competitors Um, and I know that's really tough with the way that AEW has allowed some of their people to do other events, companies, and such. Um, and I know, essentially, that's essentially why Riho dropped the belt, is that I think she's starting a little tour in Japan. I think, honestly, though, Nyla deserved to have the title. Um, and she they need to build her to be a beast, like, now that they're finally... And I think we've been saying this since day one, they haven't built Nyla the way that they should have. And now they're starting to do that. And so build around Nyla and you have Statlander and Shanna and then now Britt Baker. I, you know how awful I thought her first promo was as a heel. But she's growing on me and I like the way that she's growing into this character. Um, And so you have you have a set of women that can build this division and then there's a couple other ladies that I think in the future will go and drift towards AEW in the future and that'll just help the division um, as a total. As far as this match, I agree in your sentiment. If you have to pick at, at uniform or at at what they're wearing, and at the same time on the show you're watching, you have a man coming out that looks like a bug. Like you can't really nitpick on that. And plus, anybody that follows Shanna on um, Twitter knows her real fans love her um, her uh, apparel, and they talk about it all the time. So I come to watch wrestling, not for what they're wearing, but for the stuff they do in the ring and say on the mic. And for that stuff, perfect. It was quirky. It was fun. It was hard hitting, not a lot of high high flying action, like you said. And the only thing, if I had one critique of this match, was it's kind of left me a little puzzled as to where they're building the title picture. Um, because Nyla and Shanna had a little thing on AEW Dark for a while, and now it seems like she's not going to finish that feud. And there's a little bit of I kind of want to see where the direction is, and hopefully we get a little bit of a bigger picture next week on the Go Home for who Nyla's fighting at Revolution. <sighs>
0: excuse me, yeah um, Satlander gets the win by the way in case I didn't say that but um, I believe they said in the commentary that she was the number one contender or at least number one in the rankings I don't know if AEW does automatic rematches to where Riho would get a rematch for Nyla next week at Revolution I don't know if they mentioned that or not it'd be cool to see Satlander versus Nyla but I don't want to see it so soon just because we just got Satlander back on TV Nyla just became champion. You already kind of know she's not going to... Satlander's not going to win. To me, she's a future AEW Women's Champion. I think by the end of the year, she gets it. I could totally see a a Shanna satlander type of feud. uh, Best of three type match for the title in the picture. Uh, That'd be really cool. Nyla, though, is going to be there almost every week, though. And she's she's a legit champion. She's built like a champion. She... um, you know, uh, they cut a promo. She cut a promo after the match. Um, and then Santander came out. Shanna came out. Um, Big Swole came out. Or maybe Shanna didn't come out. Um, B- Big Swole did. Burt was in the mix as well. So, I mean, those five ladies right there um, are probably the core of the women's division at the moment. Um, you've still got Penelope Ford in there. You've got... Um, some other woman that you know either have not been seen in a while, or um, just need a couple more reps under the under their belt to to contend for a spot in the core of the women's division. So Sheeta should be in there as well. So
1: someone like B Priestley, who kind of gets seen every once in a while, but may have a shot. I think eventually they'll get Darby's wife, Priscilla Kelly, to join full-time in AEW. And so it's fun to see how this division, everybody was like, it's the worst division in all of women's wrestling, but I actually see it as one of the best. They just need to utilize the talent the way that they can. And uh, it'll definitely grow into the best, I think by the end of this year.
0: Uh, It definitely has potential for it. I think NXT has got the best women's roster. I think Impact is second and AEW right now is third. So, um, unfortunately I would say it's its weakest division, but that's not to say that it's the worst division ever. It just needs more stability, a little bit deeper storyline telling, um, maybe a couple more girls to really solidify the core of that group and, and, um, give us some depth. But, uh, by the end of the year. And that's the greatest thing about it is that the women will look at it and go, I really want to help make that a a more stability or stable, really strong women's division. Let me go here. It's a new challenge for some of the girls and some of the newer girls to say, hey, step up. This is your time to prove, are you a mainstay in this division or not? So it definitely has room for growth, but that's an exciting thing at the same time because we can see it grow and we can see it turning the page and, and trending upward for sure. One last thing before we move on to the next uh When one of your main stars on a show has his entrance, since we're talking about clothing and designs, of uh, flipping off sandals.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's real impressive. I mean, yeah. I'm not the most athletic person in the world, but I bet I could flip off some sandals. And I look yeah. so cool doing it, so cool. <laughs> I mean, like really cool, like bro, really cool.
1: <laughs> While we're on that on the topic of Matt Riddle, the only thing I like about him is his theme song. It's my ringtone for my for my phone. But other everything else, oh, I can't stand
0: it. It's a little to me. It's annoying, and he's kind of a prick in a way. Yeah. Calling out some of the guys that he is, but uh, at the same time, Austin Aries is a prick, and I kind of like him, only for his wrestling. And mm-hmm. and and Riddle does have some very good in-ring time. I'm not gonna deny that for sure. But uh, just saying, we're gonna talk about clothing and attire. Mm-hmm. Come on, really? Come on, come on. Right. Anyways, moving on. Um, after Nyla does her promo. I believe we go to Moxley versus Jeff Cobb. I was really interested in this match. I want to see how Cobb would do an AEW debut. Apparently, this is a a potential working relationship with ROH to see how Cobb does, how the partnership goes, and uh, could lead to potential more future partnerships with ROH. We'll have yet to see that. Uh, Pretty good matchup, and Jeff Cobb, man, for those that have not seen him before tonight, I hope they get they, they get out of it what I already kind of knew going in, but loved coming out of it. This man is a, is a beast. This man reminds me so much of, honestly, in my opinion, he reminds me of Kurt Angle in his prime and Lesnar from 02 to 04. The, the aggressive, the physicality, but the suplexes, the technicality, Guy had an amateur background in wrestling. Man, he is so good in the ring. Um, And I thought it was a good matchup for Moxley as well. Ten days out from Revolution, Moxley is kind of fighting everybody and anybody in the inner circle. So um, Moxley did get the win here. Pretty good match, though. And to me, it was the best finish possible because you didn't want to look Jeff Cobb, look too weak. You want to push him over. You want him to showcase his talent, how good he can be. And Moxley just kinda scraped up and, and got the win using his smarts and then got beat down afterwards. And then we saw lights go out. And at first I thought, in a way, it's like Marty Skrull or Brody Lee or Lance Archer, or whatever. But uh Darby Allen's music hits, the crowd erupt. That was an awesome, awesome ovation for Darby. And uh led to a good beat down. Dustin came in as well and led to a good uh good beat down. and and uh yeah, uh, good good stuff here. What do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, Jeff Cobb can wrestle, dude. And that's what I like is AEW show. They'll, they'll showcase talent, and they may not necessarily be main picture, but they'll showcase talent. You might not see them again for a while, or they might be working out a contract or a relationship with another company. But they're going to, the guys that they bring in, even if they're just going to put someone over, it's not squash talent. And I I enjoy that. I enjoy when you're going to put, like, even, I don't think anybody really thought Jeff Cobb, or they shouldn't have thought Jeff Cobb was going to win, um, just kind of knowing the psychology of how wrestling works. Um, but, the way it, he put on a show and he almost made it feel like he was going to win and Moxley was just able to at that last second wrap Cobb up and hold him down long enough to get a three count. Um, to do, You said it reminds you of Angle and Lesnar. He kind of reminds me of TNA Samoa Joe. Um, just his aggressiveness, um uh, I don't know. It's just, he can wrestle. I like the outcome. Um, and when Darby came out, I th- i actually thought Lance Archer was my first reaction. Then I heard the music of Alan. And you mentioned the crowd, the pop. Man, I guess it's a first for a t shirt company to sell out that many seats in an arena. It, they, 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 Feel build that building pretty good. Probably better than the Atlanta Hawks do every 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 game. But um yeah, it was a a good match overall. Um continue the story. That's what AEW does so good is continue the story with great matches that don't belittle their talent. And even if we don't see Jeff Cobb for a very long time in AEW, we'll all remember this point and how he helped tell the story of Moxley and Jericho.
0: Absolutely, and that's the biggest thing is Cobb looks strong. He was built up for sure. He didn't look like, you know, he wasn't squashed. He was showcasing how good he can be. He was dominating Moxley for a good part of this match. Um, The beatdown happens, of course, and Dustin comes out, tries to beat up everybody, and that prolonged his feud with Hager. That's going to culminate at Revolution in 10 days when we finally see Jake Hager, uh, square off. And that was one of my, before we get too far watch Warren, I know I'm off with a lot of side topics. It's just what happens when you don't podcast for a few weeks. You have a lot you want to say and, uh, or more than a few weeks, but you have a lot you want to say and you just want to say it all at once. But the better I get at doing this more weekly, the more or less, excuse me, the less sidetrack will be. But one of my, two of my biggest points, um, coming into AEW in 2020 was when were we going to see Hager and Wardlow fight? And we saw Wardlow fight tonight. We're seeing a Hager fight 10 days at Revolution. Two good things. Glad AEW listened to me. Um, (laughs) Totally. But, uh, yeah, Darby came out, prolonged his feud. I believe it's going to be him versus Sammy at Revolution. So... um, Everybody, as of right now, but Santana and Ortiz have a match at Revolution, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. They don't all have to be the NWO, and everybody has to have a match. You know, most of your members should have that feud and match going into a pay-per-view, so setting that up very nicely. A lot of singles matches for Revolution, which is great. Great. I like singles matches. You don't have to do triple threats, fade to four ways every single time. It's always great. Mm -hmm. But... um. Yeah, Darby is one of those underrated guys that is so popular in AEW. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with his career for the rest of his tenure, not only in AEW, but wrestling as a whole to see what happens. The guy's great, in-ring great. Crowd loves him. Different characters. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for Revolution as a whole, but that was a really cool way to bring him back. And crowd loved it. Had his little science up during the commercial break and challenged Sammy and basically said, I'm going to... You know, check you out, and you know, take your voice and take your livelihood and stuff like that. So, very cool to see that. I believe after this, we um went to the tag team title match with Hangman and Omega versus the Lucha Brothers. I believe. Uh,
1: I believe so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. they <sighs> Like I said, every match was almost pay-per-view quality, if not pay-per-view quality worthy matches. This was no exception. This was a fantastic tag team match. Featured a lot of high spots, of course, but anytime I get to see the Lucha Bros fight, I'm great with that. I love Omega. I love Hangman. So this was automatically going to be one of the the best matches I thought was going to happen on the night. Ray Phoenix showing how amazing, talented he is with the rope walking and just everything that has to do with that Pentagon jr. The over the top character that can do some great stuff as well. Hey man, doing his cowboy shit and Omega doing his, his thing as well. Uh, these four up so well, they're very good. Um, once again, a fantastic tag team match. I don't know if I would put this as the best tag team match on dynamite, especially when you had those tag team tournament matches. There were a lot of good ones there. Um, And, of course, we all know how AEW loves their tag teams, which is great because tag team wrestling is relevant, again, thanks to AEW. And um, love this match. Start to finish very good. Hangman and Page win, which means Hangman and Page. Once again, another mistake, guys. Hangman and Omega win, setting up. Their tag team championship match.
1: You sure you haven't been drinking Hangman's beer?
0: I might have. I don't know. <laughs> um, Hangman and Omega win, setting up their match with the Young Bucks at Revolution for the tag team titles. Of course, we all know the storyline that's gone on behind that. Will Hangman turn on the Elite? Will the Elite turn on Hangman? Will anything not happen? And it's just a good match. I don't know. Uh, but what overall do you think of this segment?
1: So, if you saw my Twitter account, not my, um, not the Taking the Bump podcast Twitter, but my personal Twitter, I put before this match, calling it now, Lucha Bros are going to win. I had to retract my statement because my guarantee was wrong. So, I'm kind of like my brother and I can't guarantee shit. Um, but, um, it was a good match. And the only reason I thought, the Lucha Bros are going to win was because I thought this would have been the time that the Bucks or Kenny turned on Hangman, but who knows? Maybe that's not in the plans. You know, in AEW, they'll swerve logic of storytelling, and the heel turns on, or the face turns on, the teammate becomes a heel, and maybe they'll just put on a very damn good wrestling matches between four Really good people, really good friends, part of the same team. Who knows how this goes? And this is what keeps me intrigued in AEW is you can't follow, I Guess you can call it the Eric Bischoff or model of storytelling for wrestling. It's because they don't really follow that, the whole progression and then the heel turns and all that stuff. Um, they keep everybody intrigued. You can't really follow any particular model. Um, Match-wise, gosh, I wish, I wish I was as f- flexible and a, had the ability and talent of Ray Phoenix. Um, him walking on that rope, I think I tore a hammy watching it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how he does it. It's just he he's so agile and light on his feet. And, oh, goodness, uh, I don't know how, uh, I love watching the Lucha Bros fight. And it's funny because before AEW, I really never watched them that much at all. And now they're one of my favorite tag teams. Um, and I want to say publicly, Kenny Omega, you're my favorite wrestler. And I'm sorry I ever doubted that you would not win this match please accept my apology and I would like one of your action figures.
0: <laughs> Very good way to transition a little bit. Uh, I believe it was after this match that they ran a um, feature on AEW getting action figures and showed Staring the prototype. St- the
1: wife of uh, Matt Jackson.
0: Yes. Uh show the prototypes of future AEW action figures. They have one for Cody, for the Young Bucks, for Jericho, for Brandy, um, Hangman. No, Hangman didn't get one. Um, Omega. I believe that was it. I don't believe Hangman got one. Which would only further the storyline more. Um, Right, right.
1: It's like everything they're doing is just like, fuck Hangman. Like, he's part of our team, but fuck
0: him. Right. Um, First of all, those are the most realistic-looking action figures I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Makes me want to get action figures now whenever they come out and just collect them. Um,
1: right, because every time I walk into Walmart and I look at them WWE action figures, I'm like, did the people that make 2K20 at the original inception of the game make these action figures? Like,
0: <laughs> I mean... Some of their true effects, I think they're called those ones some sometimes look really really good, um but the generic ones kind of just look the whatever um, and uh I love how Cody made the comment that him having in a thrill would make the the internet talk, and uh mm-hmm. oh yeah, it really made the internet talk, and uh,
1: and, uh the the n x t fanboy sorry.
0: In their right now. So. Hey, yeah, listen. Hey, you guys stick to your show. We'll stick to ours. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not really bashing you. We're talking about our show. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, what they do come on say, oh, I, I may get one of each because that that's awesome.
1: <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I, I only want the uh, Omega one. So. The, the Omega one looks awesome. Um, I want a Jericho one. Um. I want them all, I just want them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we get to the main event: Wardlow versus Cody, steel cage match, part of NJF stipulation for him fighting Cody at Revolution. We saw what's it? Two weeks ago or last week? The lashing. Um, two weeks ago. I think it was. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Saw the lashing, and then tonight we saw the steel cage match. It, first of all, I love the design of this cage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was tall. It looked like a steel cage. And uh, I just, liked the, I just I just liked the way it looked. I don't know. It kind of had an older school feel to it, but right. I just liked it. Really liked it. Good job to them. Kudos on that. Uh Wardlow, I, I don't know if I've ever seen any any I mean he had never worn anything but a suit in this whole time in AEW, so seeing him in a singlet was interesting. Um yeah. boy oh boy, what a uh, what an intriguing matchup. Wardlow kind of got over with how strong and how dominating he can be. He really dominated a lot of that match. Cody Blood on national TV, that was really cool. Um, you know uh, the speculation rumor that Arn Anderson is going to turn on Cody and create a super, uh, super faction. MJF kind of teased that tonight. Whatever the door opened and Cody was coming near it. The only way you could win was pinfall submission. So even if Cody got out of the cage, he wouldn't have won. But uh,
1: take some notes, WWE.
0: Right? <laughs> MJF was uh, telling Arn, "You know you want to do it. You know you want to do it. Just like you did to his dad, you should do it." And instead, Arn swung the cage and hit MJF. Just um,
1: very um, satisfying.
0: Yes, and uh, and then we get to the end of the match, where uh, Cody basically channeled his inner Kurt Angle and
1: Shane
0: McMahon and Shane McMahon and. <laughs> did a moonsault off the top of the cage, not while Wardlow was laying down, but while he was standing up. And if there's one thing that I could critique about this match, it's that, and it's not the spot. I didn't hate the spot. The spot was very good. It did seem a little rushed, Mm -hmm. but the thing I hate about it was that it was standing up. And I, I don't, I'm not a wrestler's mindset. I don't know if they would prefer them to do it when they're standing up, when they're when they're when they're laying when they're laying down and do the moon salt off the top of the cage or anything like that. It just looked like that. There's more of a chance for something kind of bad to happen just because when they're standing, you're just flipping and you're trying to aim and, and hit your mark. The other guy he needs to make sure he's in the right position to soften the blow of the fall
1: to take the bump.
0: Yeah, literally, and uh, good. Good plug, Good plug there. Good plug. <laughs> and uh it looked like Cody kinda I don't want to say hyper his arm, but he did look like he kinda awkwardly fell on his left arm. Um when he hit the mat. Hopefully it's nothing bad. But uh Cody wins. Man, what a what a match what a sip. what a what a finish to it. Um the the, the bleeding spot was great. Um which had a little bit more time so they could slow a couple things down. But right. overall, that was, uh, that was a very good way to end the show.
1: It was. Um, and I agree. It felt a little rushed. I didn't feel like it had the mentality of the rest. Some of the other main events that they've had on Dynamite. But not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. Um and the reason I think that last spot was rushed, it seemed like either Cody misjudged his aim, or Wardlow was standing in the wrong spot because Wardlow kind of caught Cody at an or at an awkward angle. So, um, not not nitpicking. I'm just giving what my thoughts. I love the spot. Um, it's high risk maneuver. Um, I just wondered what what um what would have happened if you missed completely. Like how are you gonna tell that storyline? Um but anyway. Um yeah, I I, I like the way uh the Arn Anderson kind of played a played a role, though I wish instead of dumping MJF over the barricade he should have done a Spine Buster because that's what Arn Anderson is known for, is having the best Spine Buster in the business. Um, but um, a man can dream. And uh solid way to lead into next week, um, which is your go-home show, and also to lead into in 10 days when you're fighting MJF, MJF's face at the end of the show of like absolute like shock and fear like, oh shit, I'm actually gonna have to fight Cody. Um, I wonder though if, because stipulation one, you still got 10 days. Um, So I wonder if, if they're gonna play that role of Cody bumps into MJF and breaks breaks the stipulation and the matches off or play it that way. We'll see how it goes. I like the way it ended. I can only speculate what will happen next week, but it's fine. I can't wait to see uh, next week's matches.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point you brought up that I didn't even think about was uh, stipulation number one that uh, Cody can't touch MJF until Revolution. He's got 10 days. You have to know MJF is going to try everything in his power to try to get out of this match trying to you know, antagonize and infuriate Cody to the point where Cody does touch him, either accidentally or on purpose, so that way he can get out of the match. So that's going to be an interesting um, interesting thing that we'll keep an eye on next week. Pack versus Kenny Omega, the rubber match of their three-match series happens next week. 30-minute Iron Man match, first time an Iron Man match has happened in AEW. It's going to be very interesting to see that. Hopefully that... Um, will live up to the expectation that I know it can live up to and that it should be able to deliver. So uh, that'd be awesome to see Um, 10 days out from revolution, man. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be interesting. The road is always fun. And uh, just 10 short days away from the next and first pay-per-view for AEW of the decade. Uh, Anything else, man, before we kind of sign off for uh, this review of dynamite tonight?
1: Uh, like he, like you said, 10 days away. I know, um, we both are either planning to do a joint podcast previewing, um, Revolution. We'll probably do that next Wednesday, kind of like we're doing this a review of next Wednesday's episode. And then a, a preview leading up to what we can expect next Saturday, the 29th. Um, But if we don't get it together, I know that I at least am going to give my personal thoughts on Revolution and where I hope to see AEW and lead some of these stories um, on the Taking the Bump podcast. Um, So uh, follow my social media pages um, at T the B podcast on Twitter and Taking the Bump Wrestling podcast on Facebook. I will keep you updated on when my next podcast comes out. I I, I just started school again, and I know I said this and whenever I posted my last podcast episode that I'm trying to push out weekly episodes, but it's going to be difficult, and so it has been difficult. And I think I haven't posted an episode in almost a month. So uh, yeah, so trying to put out some more content for y'all and make 2020. The year of AEW, not only for the the brand, but for our podcast.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, hey, listen, sometimes my podcasts are out of the blue. Sometimes they're weekly. Sometimes they're bi-monthly. But uh, the greatest thing is you never know. So I will try to keep up with it as much as possible. No guarantees. I also am uh, doing schoolwork, even though mine is online, not at a brick-and-mortar facility. Uh, And then life happens. You know, you get busy with work, you're busy with school, life.
1: You get engaged.
0: You get engaged, (laughs) you did get engaged. engaged. Uh, I don't think I've done a podcast since I've been engaged. So that's something that is now interesting and exciting in my life. Um, I was famous for a couple of days where I did it at a uh, Charlotte Checkers AHL game. Did it at Center Ice in front of 8,000 people during the first intermission. Uh, I was planning on doing it in Washington, D.C. We took a trip to D.C. Uh, two weeks ago, or a little over, almost two weeks ago. I was planning to do it there. didn't get to do it. Um, checkers, uh, can't think of them enough for helping me out tremendously with that whole process, so effortlessly and so enthusiastically. Um, so major, major, major kudos and thanks to them. We didn't get to uh, do it in D.C. to watch or to do it in front of our favorite NHL team, but we got to see the Capitals form team, the Hershey Bears, and uh, uh the theme is that we saw the Hershey Bears, we saw the Capitals twice. They both lost. Uh Aww. so um we're just losers, but that's fine. Uh I'm the real winner. She's the real winner, we got engaged, that's all that matters. <laughs> um Um I had on my personal Twitter and my, my Facebook page, I posted a video of that. So if you guys ever want to check that out, you're more than welcome to. Uh, my Twitter page has a very little, very – my personal Twitter page has very little, very little uh, traffic on it. So that you could probably see a lot sooner than you can on my Facebook page or I'm on a lot more. Either way, though, um, social media, got to plug that at beyond the curtain without an O and beyond. So B-E-Y-N-D. T H E C U R T A I N beyond the curtain on Twitter search beyond the curtain wrestling podcast on Facebook. And of course you can listen to our podcasts on all your favorite podcast listening, uh, channels, Spotify, Stitcher, podcast, Apple podcast, Google podcast, uh, anchor of course, as well. Um, a couple last things before we let you guys go try to get under an hour, but we were close. Uh, One thing James didn't mention that I will plug for you, and that's okay. We both have Pro Wrestling T stores. Even if we have barely sold anything, now's a good time. Taxes are coming back, guys. You're over the holidays. Your taxes are coming back. Pay off your credit card bills, and then whatever you have left over in your checking account, or if you want to raise up those credit cards again, go to our Pro Wrestling T stores. We have two shirts each available on our sites. You can go to prowrestlingtees.com. In the search bar, you can type in "Taking the Bump Podcast, right?
1: Uh, yeah, taking the bump
0: Taking the bump And you can follow uh, Or look up my shirt designs At uh, com. In the search bar Type in Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast Like I said, we both have two shirts available And uh, both are up there um, I'm trying to make it As simple as possible now So both shirts that are on there The $20 and the $27 shirt if you buy it, show me proof of purchase. I will give 20% of those to a charity of your choice, not 15, 20 and all that stuff. Just flat out 20%. Each shirt goes to a charity of your choice. Um, I'm assuming James, you kind of do the same as well. Right.
1: Uh, yeah, for now it's, uh, it's staying that way. Um, yeah, just get buying, just get buying. Tax season is here. Um, and uh, yeah, let let me know if you you, uh, if you buy your shirt, I will donate. I, I, I'll match it twenty percent to whatever charity of your choosing. So hit it over there, Pro Wrestling Tees.
0: Absolutely. And uh, one final thing before we send off, a lot of us are major sports fans. Both James and Randall and myself are or sports fans across all sorts of platforms. You got the XFL that just started and I'm a DC defenders fan as is James. So go defenders uh, off to a two and O start. That's awesome. Um, I've liked the play of action of the XFL. I'm not going to do any kind of podcasting on those, but just want to throw that out there that uh, I'm enjoying the playing so far. I hope it just continues to get better. The quarterback play gets better. And DC keeps winning. Um, Other than that, we're also big fans of motorsports, and I'm sure the whole world knows what happened Monday night in the final lap of the Daytona 500, the Cup Series biggest race of the year, where uh, Ryan Newman had a horrible, horrible crash that left all of us in fear, in shock. Two days later, as of this recording, uh, the man, Ryan Newman, has walked out of the hospital and I believe is either home or is on his way home. Um, a uh, great testament to the safety of NASCAR and how great safety crews did. The medical teams did and Halifax health center in Daytona and just everything that went on with that. Uh, yeah. A lot of answered prayers went into that as well. So uh, kudos to Ryan Newman, to NASCAR, to all the safety medical team, um, hoping nothing but the best of the speedy and uh, healthy recover for Mr. Rocket man, Ryan Newman. Um Something that I wanted to pass along before we went off is something I did, and I believe you have done as well, James. If I'm not mistaken, are you getting to do it? Uh, Can you say what it is? So, uh, (laughs) one of Ryan's fellow NASCAR competitors. Yeah, 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 yeah. have you already done it? I have. Okay, great. So, uh, John Hunter Nemechek, who races in the X. the NASCAR Cup Series. He's a rookie in the NASCAR Cup Series this year. He uh, um, made a challenge to not only drivers and fellow colleagues, um, but uh, fans as well, to donate to Ryan Newman's charity uh, that he founded with his wife, Chrissy, the Rescue Ranch, which is actually about 20 minutes away from my house in Statesville, North Carolina. Um, they take all these animals, they rescue them, they you know help them, they feed them, they um, to help take care of them. I don't know if they uh, people can foster them or buy them um, and go to good homes. That I don't know. I don't, I haven't really done my true, true research on it. But I do know they do take rescue animals and they try to help nourish them and, and get them back to health with any problems they may have. And uh, John Hunter and Ibecek had this challenge where everybody donates $6. Yes, I understand. It's not a whole lot of money. But that's kind of the goal as well. So it's not a whole lot of money. Uh, six dollars to match Ryan Newman's car number, number six in the Cup Series. Donate six dollars to the Rescue Ranch. Uh, when you donate it, there's like a different couple different things you can donate for, either the humane, the animal care, the home treatments, the meals, or in kind. Um, I put it for in kind and put a nice message for get well soon, Ryan, and uh, send off my my uh, charitable donation. They actually sent an email back to us saying, you know, we, we thank you for sending your well wishes to Ryan. And we may, we're going to make sure that when he gets back up here, he sees every one of these messages that fans and friends are sending him. So guys, even if you aren't a fan of motorsports, um, you may not be donating directly to to Ryan, even though of course we all know NASCAR drivers make a lot of money, but you're donating to a great cause in rescue Ranch. So if you would like to donate, I am not getting paid at all by saying this. This is just something out of my heart that I love that uh, I think is a great way to show our appreciation for the bravery of NASCAR drivers and the testament of safety and the get well wishes of Ryan Newman to donate to his charity Rescue Ranch, and you can do so at rescueranch.com, and you can put the donation of $6 to match what all of us are doing to help Ryan and his charity foundation to uh, uh, get better with that as well. I've done it. James has done it you should do it. And if you don't at least buy your shirts for $30, you can at least spend $6 on a good charitable cause.
1: And who knows if you want to buy a shirt and then show us proof, we'll donate it to them for you.
0: Absolutely. 20% of that, whatever you guys buy, if you want to go to Rescue Ranch, if you don't want to do it or it's too confusing, you can buy a t-shirt from us, show us your proof of purchase and say, hey, we heard about your Rescue Ranch, do it there. So Great way to do that as well. So, um, other than that, guys, a lot of information we just spewed at you, but I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, this episode. Thank you again to our co-host, James Beatley, from Taking the Bump for joining us tonight. Appreciate you, sir, doing that.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you for having me here tonight.
0: Yep, absolutely. So, until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your day, night, evening. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day, night, evening, wherever you are. And uh, we will see you soon on a new episode, hopefully within the next week or so, uh, previewing Revolution for next Saturday, the 29th of February, and dissecting the next episode of AEW Dynamite. So until then, guys, happy podcasting. Happy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever you're listening to this, Saturday or Sunday. We'll see you guys soon.